Hey everyone, uh, my name is Danny. I'm the campus minister at Hope Ames, so I also get to be a part of Kairos. Um, as you saw in that video there, running can be really hard, especially when there are obstacles in the way. And then the more that we fall down, the farther away the finish line seems. In the book of Philippians, you heard this in the reading tonight, Paul compares life to a race. And that's true, isn't it? We start our lives with our eyes on a certain prize. We begin to run, we fall down a few times, and whatever that prize is, the finish line, it seems really far away. But Paul says he's going to press on anyway. Check this out. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, he says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. He says, I'm going to press on. We're in our fifth week already of this series called Isolated. Sometimes the reason why we feel isolated is because the thing that we want is really far away. And tonight I want to talk about pressing on anyway. I've been thinking a lot about running lately, especially this week, because the Boston Marathon was supposed to be on Monday and, and I was supposed to be running in the Boston Marathon. But because of the circumstances that are surrounding us, the Boston Marathon was postponed and it might even be canceled. Now for me, the best part of the Boston Marathon, the best part of any race is the finish line. Like that's the celebration. And for me especially, the biggest finish line that I will ever cross is the finish line at the Boston Marathon. And today, I'm kind of frustrated. I'm kind of sad because I've been training for that. I've been running for that. I've been racing for that. But it seems like that finish line is impossibly far away. But here's the thing. Even though the finish line is farther away of the Boston Marathon than I thought it was going to be, like, I'm still running most days. And so are most people who are still hoping to run this race because the prize of the finish line still seems to be worth the race. And so here I am, I'm running. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only one running. In fact, I think that we are all running because life is a race. I don't know that life was supposed to be a race because of what we see in the Bible. Think about in the book of Genesis. God created the world and he didn't say, okay, now run the race to, to earn the prize. Now God looked at the world, he saw what he had made and he said, that's good. And so he had peace. He looked at the world that he made and he said, it is finished. And he was good with that. I don't think that God shot off the starting gun for our races, but we see prizes out there that we believe are worth running for. Prizes that aren't God. So we chase them. We run after those things. And the truth is, is oftentimes we find ourselves lost because of that in whatever race we're running. When we think about the prizes that are worth going after, the prizes that we really want to achieve and hold on to, think about Paul. Paul was a really, really gifted guy. He writes about it in Philippians chapter 3. If we step it back a little bit, he talks about all the prizes that he was able to achieve and collect throughout his life. For one, he says, look, I was just born with it. It's like I was born full of blood as a Jew. He said, you know, I was always living in the law. I was totally obedient to everything. And if somebody wasn't, I could hold them accountable for it. I persecuted them. I had everything. Maybe we read this and we're like, okay, cool. I have no interest in any of those things. Why in the world would that prize matter? Well, if you compare that to modern times, Paul was the guy who was born with just God-given gifts. Like he could not help himself from collecting prizes. 
And then he went to that prestigious school. He graduated with honors. He got hired at the best places. Then he got promoted faster than his peers. And just, you know, top it off, he sat on the board of a nonprofit that was changing the world. Like, that's Paul. Like, that's the modern version of Paul. And maybe we're looking at him like, yeah, that's, that sounds good. That's what I want. And so we see those prizes and we think, however I can get that, I'll do it. That's a race that is worthy to be run. I think one of the tempting things in our life is this. We start to believe that the true prizes are credentials. The things that we can, we can fill our resume with. I mean, think about it, you know, we, we go to college and we walk through the bitter cold to get to class. You know, why do we do it? You know, why do we work so hard to say all the right things, to do all the right stuff? It's because it's a race that seems like it's worthy to be run. It's kind of like Paul was dealing with. He lived an entire life where he thought, well, if I do the right things, then I can finally accomplish those things. Now, let's be honest, right now, it feels like our race has come to a complete halt with the world that we're living in right now. And so the truth is, when we're on this race, when we're in the place we're at right now, we can start to do a lot of things. Here are two things. One of them is we can say, you know what? I'm stopping. Race is over. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I have no purpose. Here's the other way that we could take it. Maybe we could start to finally realize this is a race that's still worth to be run because my prize, it's not the credentials and it's not the success. Here's the thing about success. There's a dirty little secret about it that eventually everybody starts to figure out. And it is that success cannot satisfy your soul. Because when it comes to success, you can always have more. You can always make progress. You can always create more. You can always do more. Think about the guy or the woman who invented the wheel, right? So like, that's one of the most revolutionary inventions in the history of the world. Now imagine if you think, oh, well, the prize that that person must have experienced, right? When they walked in, like, that's the person who made the wheel. Walk into an invention convention today and say, well, here's my final project. I made a wheel. Can you imagine if you showed that to your professor? Be like, okay, you think this is gonna set me up for success to get all the prizes in my life? You see how hard I've run? They'd be like, I'm sorry, we've left you behind. The race pace was simply too fast for you. Do you feel like the race pace is a little too fast? I mean, again, we're in a time where maybe it feels like the race has come to a complete halt, but now like you're trying to grab things, you're trying to grasp things like, oh no, well, what can I do? So maybe you're not the person who's resting, doing nothing, but now you're just scrambling. You're striving, you're seeking something and you feel like you can't quite keep up. Success can't satisfy your soul. Because even when you get that thing, you realize, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep doing more. I've got to keep making progress. There's a psychologist who wrote about success. And uh, this psychologist said, success is the new drug. Success is um, something that in order to enjoy, you have to have more of it than what you had in the past. Right, that's how addiction forms. In order to keep on enjoying this thing, I have to keep on getting more of it. That's success. So then we have Paul saying this in Philippians chapter three, he says, look, all these prizes that I got, 
all those things I used to think that they were valuable, Paul is now saying, I consider them completely worthless now. Paul, like Paul, this guy is like, I had it all. What would it take for a guy like that to say, yeah, you know what? It's all worthless now. We start to find that these things that we believe are worth the race, the credentials, the resume fillers, running really fast, whatever it is, fine, you know what, they, they can't give me the thing that I really wanted. I mean, look, maybe you will get all the prizes that you ever wanted. I hope you do, but they can't be the things that we live for. And if they are, we'll find that it's still missing something because we'll find that it wasn't just the prize we were looking for, it was the prize for the prize. You know what I mean when I say that? Like it's one thing to get the prize, but who stands at the top of a podium in front of an empty room? No one. Sometimes the prize for the prize is just trying to be noticed, trying to be recognized, trying to be loved for what you've done. There's this new docu-series. It uh, came out this weekend. They premiered the first couple episodes. It's about the 1990s Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan played on this team, considered, at least in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. And this team was potentially the greatest team of all time. They kept on winning and winning and winning. They had the success, they had the trophies, but they ended up breaking up. And what broke them up was nobody could figure out who really deserves all the credit. So they fought over it. Management of the team fought over it with the players. So the management decided, you know what? We can run this race on our own. We don't need you. They broke up and they sent them on their way. And we find that, you know, the truth is, no matter how so much success we have, it doesn't give us what we actually want. That thing to be noticed, that thing to be loved for. Because no trophy, no trophy, no prize can have eyes on you the way that you've had eyes on it. A trophy can't look back at you. Now here's the interesting thing. Sometimes we think, oh, well, that's fine, because I'm not into the superficial stuff. You know, I'm into the stuff that really matters. I'm into people, and I'm into uh, relationships. But the truth is that there is not a human being on this world who can look back at you the way that your soul really needs to be looked back at. Here's the truth. We need a prize that will prize us back. Those people that we want to prize us back the way that we need to be prized. And we say, oh, you, you've got to see me in this unconditional way. You've always got to love me. You've always got to accept me. You've always got to forgive me. We're asking them. We're asking them to be God. We're asking them to see us the way that God sees us, to care about us the way that God cares about us. And Well, now not only are we running a race that's impossible to win, we're asking other people to run a race that's impossible to win. It's, this, it's a, not a race about what we're running for or running to. It starts to become a race of what we're running from. It's running away from loneliness. It's running away from nothingness. It's running away from the things that we've done in the past that say that we're nothing. It's running away from the things that we haven't done in the past that make us believe that we'll never be something. But what if you really could be loved, not for what you've done, but for who you are. Um, my cousin, uh, i got a cousin who's got this story where he was at a golf course one day and he met this guy with his friends and this guy introduced himself as Curtis. 
I guess he was kind of looking at them in a suspicious way. And so, but they enjoyed it and they got along with each other. And so they say, hey, Curtis, why don't you come and golf with us? They golfed with each other, they had a good time. And they said, well, hey, let's get together again. And Curtis finally said, do you guys honestly not know like what I am, what I've done? And they're like, uh, no, I mean, what a weird thing to hear, right? I'm like, no, who are you? And he's like, I'm 50 Cent. Now, if you don't know who 50 Cent is, 50 Cent is that guy who's like, yo, shawty, it's your birthday. Great running song, by the way. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is 50 Cent, 50 Cent, a guy who won the race in his industry, like top of the hip hop um, industry at a certain point, for sure. Even he found it desirable, not to be loved for what he's done, but instead to be loved for who he is. And so I think 50 Cent wakes up some days and is like, I just wish somebody would look at me and say, what's up, Curtis? I love you. But your soul desires the same thing. Not to be loved for what you've done, but to be loved for who you are. There is a new race. We're all running a race, but here's the new race. So many people are living their lives and they're running away from things, but the new race is about what you run to and who is running with you. Paul says this in Philippians chapter three. He says, now I'm focused on one thing. I'm not focused on the race of the past. I'm focused on the race that is set before me. Paul is saying, I've always been running, but maybe I've been running in the wrong way. When I was in track in college, my coach told me my first year on the team, he said, hey, um, Danny, you're, you're running, and you're using your energy, but you're using your energy in the wrong way. So you know, like your, your arms are too tight and like you move up and down too much. So you're using the energy, but, it, but it's, it's not in the right direction. You're running, you're not running the way that you're supposed to. So you're tired. Maybe the reason why you're tired of your classes, maybe the reason why you're tired of anything that you're really sick of at this point is because our eyes have been set on the wrong prize. Our eyes have been set on a prize that can't look back at us and prize us. So Paul, he continues to say this. Remember earlier, he said, look, I, uh, I look at all these things I used to see as valuable and now I count them as worthless. There's a why to that, you know? The why to that is this. He says, because compared to Christ, compared to Christ, these prizes aren't anything. Whether I have these prizes or not, I still have a race to run in my life because it's not so much about what I'm running from. It's not so much about what I'm becoming, what I'm trying to become because I'm trying to hide what I've done or what I haven't done. It's about who I'm running to. It's about who has run with me. See, Paul also writes in the book of Romans. He says, you know, there's all sorts of suffering in the world. Maybe your suffering for you is like, no, seriously, when I run, I suffer. I am so tired. It hurts, it's painful, it's awful. But Paul says, you know, suffering, suffering leads to something good, it, it does. Suffering leads to endurance. You've been running, but you've been running without endurance. Endurance, endurance leads to hope. Our hope is in salvation. Salvation that God has given us. Here's what it is. Look, God sees that we're running a race, right? Like he sees that we're running the race and he says, I want your race to end with me. That's not what you always intended. You didn't always intend to end with me, but I want it. I desire it, so we'll do anything. And the way that he gets us back to him is by joining the race with us. You know, we're supposed to have endurance and it hurts to develop endurance. You know, Christ had endurance too. In the book of Hebrews, another New Testament book, the author of Hebrews says to people who are suffering, for sure, he says, 
we're gonna run this race in that new way with endurance. And here's how you do it. You don't look at what's behind you. You don't look at what you failed at when you left undone. We set our eyes on Jesus. He's the one who endured the cross for us. He ran too. He endured the cross, why? Because his eyes were set on a prize before him. There was a joy that was awaiting him. God did not start the gun. He did not shoot the starting gun for our race, but he joined it anyway. And that is what gives you endurance. And it's not superficial endurance. It's not superficial joy. You know, the kind that says, you know, everything's really actually just fine. Everything's not fine. I'm hurting. You're hurting. Christ knows that because he ran. Here's the beautiful thing about it. In our suffering, when the race seems meaningless, when it feels like all the prizes that we really wanted are gone, God's like, look, when you become weak, it feels like you're becoming so weak in that moment, but it's making you stronger for the race. Oh, it's the truth. It's the truth. When Christ was at his weakest, dying on a cross, he became so weak, but it was for our strength. I used to say, when I was trying to get faster, um, you know, if I want to do the things that other people can't do, I'm going to have to do the things that other people won't do. You know what I mean? It's the right thing to say, but it was the wrong race. See, Jesus saw us, and he saw that we were running a race. And he saw that the race that we were running, the places we were trying to get, we, we couldn't get there. We couldn't find the true prize on our own. So he did what nobody else would do. He saw what we couldn't do, so he did what we wouldn't do. He goes to a cross, and just like at the beginning of creation, God looks over everything he's made, says it's good, it is finished, now I'm at peace. Well, now God looks at creation, and he's redeemed it from the cross, from a place of weakness, when it seemed like there's no prize to be won anymore. Well, here's the prize. He looks out at creation once again, and he says, it is finished. What's finished? I mean, the race isn't finished, right? Still running. Jesus is still running. What's finished? The work for the prize is finished. That's why you can find peace. The work beneath your work. The work that's trying to prove to yourself, like, oh, I really am a good person. I really am all right. I really can make it. Please accept me academically, professionally, socially, whatever it is, please. That work is finished. Christ has already won the prize, but he's still running because now he's collecting what belongs to him. We get to run with him. You might think right now it's over. It's done. There's nothing worth running for anymore. Oh, there is. There is. Why do you run? You don't don't run anymore to earn love. That prize is already yours because you were Christ's prize. And because he won you, you get him. This is the beautiful thing about Christ. Even in our suffering, he's bringing good things out of it. God's so good at making good things. He takes bad things and he turns them into good things, including the hard races that seem like they were ending in meaninglessness with no prize whatsoever. Think about it. Wouldn't it be nice to run not away from things, but instead to love and with love? You know, I I remember again when I was in track in college and I got done with a race and, uh, and I didn't win, and um, I didn't get the prize, right? But I crossed the finish line, and it was interesting. I was done with the race, but I kept on running. 
I kept on running because I heard a voice. And I knew this voice. This voice was shouting, yes, yes. And, and I recognized the voice. The voice was my coach. And he was proud of me. Not because of the prizes that I could accomplish, but because I ran the race that he told me to run. It's the best, I think it was the best time I ever had in that event. And he was proud of me. So I, the finish line was, was behind me, but I, I kept running because I was seeing what was before me and, and it was him. So he, he runs to me, I run to him, we, we hug and he says, I'm proud of you and all that good stuff. You know, when, when a child runs to their parent, it's the same thing. They're not running to earn that love, they're running because they are loved. That's what you get with Jesus. You don't run to get loved anymore. You run because you are loved and because Christ is still running. He's still collecting his prize. He's still bringing the true prizes to people. He is the prize that prizes you. Now, what's your prize? What have you been going after? What's the race that you really want to be running right now, but it feels like you can't? Do you recognize where I'm at right now? This is uh, the Campanile at Iowa State. Um, Seven months ago, I stood right there. And it was like the kickoff party for Kairos for the year. We had a worship service. And um, for our Iowa State students anyway, the, the University of Iowa students, you guys hadn't started yet. Um, but I stood right, right there. And I gave a message about walking into the unknown. And what's that like? Well, here we are. Like, this is the unknown. Like nobody's ever been here before. What is happening? I, I don't know the details of everything that's happening. I, I, I don't know the reasons for why everything that is happening, but I do know who's in it with us. I do know that he's decided to run this race with us. And maybe we're thinking like, oh, I just want to get back to this place so I can start running my race. I want to get back to school, you know? I want to be back with my friends. I want to make more progress academically. I want to make more progress on my future profession. Know this, you still have a race to run. Not because you can earn anything that, that, that your heart and your soul could desire that you don't already have. But no, you get to continue to run because Christ is with you. Because Christ is collecting his prize. Press on. There is still a race to be run. It's not the race that we thought, but it is the race that leads to the prize. And it is the race with the prize that is the only one worth truly running for. That is worth pressing on for. Press on, Kairos. We've still got this because we've still got God. Get up, run. See that the successes that we were chasing after, well, those weren't gonna satisfy your soul anyway, but this, Jesus Christ looking at you and saying, I love you for who you are, not what you've done. The work is finished. Now enjoy me. That is a prize worth running with and running to. Amen.